You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on charity season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 347. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great podcast for you today. Courtney Robertson back on the podcast after almost a year since she's been on. Got a lot to talk about with Courtney. We'll get to that momentarily. I say almost a year that Courtney's been on. And if you were to have asked me before I contacted her this week, did she want to come on the podcast? I would have thought she was on two months ago. (laughs) I had not realized Courtney has not been on since September 22nd of last year. Probably has to do with the fact that I saw her beginning of June in Vegas at my party. I went on her podcast within the last three months. We text back and forth quite a bit. It just seems like I've been talking to her a lot, but she has not been on in almost a year. And honestly, I think the best part about today's podcast is we barely talk about charity season. There's so many other things that we cover that I think are really interesting. We talk about her rebranding her podcast, the fact that she had Sean Booth on her podcast two weeks ago. She had Nate um, on yesterday. She had her 40th birthday last week in California. During that 40th birthday, she decided to do a Driving with Dave segment with Dave Neal. That's going to air next week. I think one of the good things that we talk about is the fact that we are going to talk about chicken tenders. And not just any chicken tenders, the best chicken tenders I've ever tasted in my life, and they are at the Venetian Pool in Las Vegas. You don't have to be in a cabana to get them. I believe the people at the pool eat from the same menu that people in the cabana do. I can't tell you how good they are. You'll have to listen to Courtney basically back me up on this. And even she doubted me that day until she had them. We also talk a lot about her season, how she's the only person that I can remember in the history of the show that finished first or second that actually had to show up for their women tell all. We talk about her happy couple weekends with Ben, how it's arranged, what the show does, how the lengths they go to to keep it private, the one unsanctioned visit that she did with Ben and the lengths that she went to cover it up. I mean, this is the stuff you guys like to hear. I think you'll love these stories uh, that she tells. She talks about going on Chris Harrison's podcast and how she felt that he kind of betrayed her and he kind of kind of laid her out, he kind of hung her out to dry when she appeared on that Women Tell All. She'll talk about that. And just a lot of good stuff in here. We don't even really talk about charity season whatsoever, but good, good stuff in here from Courtney. Glad I could get her on. Glad she can vouch for me when I say that the uh, chicken fingers and the chicken tenders at the Venetian pool are literally the best things I've ever tasted. I know it seems silly. I know it seems ridiculous. If anybody listening right now has been there and remembers them and has had them and remembers them, Tell me I'm wrong. I'll tell you you're wrong, but tell me I'm wrong and say, no, I've tasted better. No, you haven't. Trust me. (laughs) You haven't. Anyway, uh, so before we get to that, we're talking uh, uh, the uh, the Daily Roundup is up. 
and it's in your feed already. Talked about Temptation Island and the Big D from last night. Two great hours of television. Boy, Temptation Island. Is the Temptation Light literally the best innovation they've ever added to that show? You literally had everybody freaking out last night when that thing was brought to the forefront. And Mark comes in and says, oh, yeah, by the way, this thing's going to light up when one of your significant others is being tempted on the other side of the island and everybody loses their shit. It was awesome. And then at the end of the show, I mean, Jesus, you watched the bonfire. All four men, great, Christopher, Roberto, and Hall, every single one of them basically said, I'm done with my girlfriend. We're done. Hall didn't say it quite like that. The show ended with him saying how much he respects Caitlin, how much he thinks she's the greatest woman in the world, how much he loves her, but also how much he realizes she is not the woman he's supposed to be with. And I'm like, whoa, that was deep. And it wasn't really from anything he saw in the clip. All she was doing was hugging another guy. Great had to watch Paris in bed with another man, with Tajik making out. Chris had to watch Maricela in bed with another man making out. Roberto had to watch Vanessa stick her ass in somebody's crotch while she was dancing. And all three of those guys were like, I'm done. I'm good. This is all I needed to see. Now, it could be an in-the-moment thing where they're just reacting because they're very upset at what they're seeing. But let's just say these guys are somehow talked back into being with their woman at the end of this thing. And Roberto and Vanessa get back together. Chris and Maricela do or Great in Paris do. Us as the viewers, do any of you think they're actually going to last? These guys are this upset right now seeing this clip. If they do take them back at the end of this thing, you don't think at some point once they left the island, it was brought up. Well, what about what you did with him? You know, I mean, and look, the women can throw it right back in the guy's face because great basically had sex with Nafisa last night. I mean, that was clear as day. <laughs> you think when Paris sees that, she's going to handle that well? We already saw the clip for next week. Mark had to literally leave his chair at Bonfire to go sit next to Paris, and I'm guessing it's because of what she sees in the clip, which is great, I'm assuming. I don't think I'm really jumping to conclusions here when I say great probably had sex with Nafisa last night in that episode. So, man... But this is what we want to see. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If all four couples said, oh, I miss my boyfriend or, oh, I miss my girlfriend, and they didn't open themselves up to the experience and they would not even get close to anyone else or even sit in a hammock with them or share a bed with them, for Christ's sakes, it would be the most boring show on television. It really would. This is what we want to see. Unfortunately, it's probably going to come at the expense of every relationship but as you heard me say when I did speak to Mark and I did speak to Iris about this, it's like, look, and I think I, when, I, when I talked to um, Dr. Catherine about this as well, I said, look, there's been four seasons of this show. That means 16 couples have appeared on it. There's only two of them that are even still together. One of them's married, Julian and Kristen, Kirsten. And then I think... Um, Javen... From season one, they're still together, right? I think. I don't even know. But those are the only two. So 14 couples pretty much have broken up. And no couple that left together or anybody that dated post-show or whatever, any of them are still together either. So it's like, okay, 
I don't think anyone's really watching this show for love stories. You're watching for mess. And boy, did we get mess last night. This podcast is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods, the energizing effects of a greens drink, but with the sweet tropical taste of the islands. Easy way to get gut nutrition, nourishing superfoods, probiotics, and organic fruits and vegetables. Island Bliss, great addition to amp up the flavor and nutrients in your wellness routine. Mix in a scoop into milk, mix it in with water, stir and shake until creamy, frothy, and smooth. Then enjoy Island Bliss, has energy boosting. It's dairy free. It's dairy free. It's gluten free. It's soy free. It's non GMO. It's mood supporting and it's gut nourishing. I'm telling you, this is one of my new favorite drinks to have because it's so easy to make. It's just one scoop. Put it in. I just put it in with water. Never really been a huge milk guy. I'll have milk with my cereal, but I don't like, and I do like chocolate milk, but. For some reason, I don't like putting powders in with my milk. I like this. I just like this with my water. Put it in, shake it up, 10 ounces of water, and it is a very, very good drink. And it, and it feel better. Boosts me a little bit. You go to shop.earthechofoods.com slash Steve. Use code REALITYSTEVE and get you 15% off everything at Earth Echo Foods. Once again, shop.earthechofoods.com slash Steve. Promo code's Reality Steve and gets you 15% off everything at Earth Echo Foods. And of course, if you don't remember the code or you don't remember the URL, all you got to do is go to the episode description wherever you listen to your podcasts and use the link there. All right, let's get going. Podcast number 347. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you remember her from uh, winning Ben Flanick's season of The Bachelor. Uh, you remember her from my party in Vegas, if you happened to attend last month. It is Courtney Robertson. Courtney, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know what? I forgot. Am I, I, I apologize. Am I supposed to, uh, do you go by Courtney Robertson Preciado? You know I, or how do we, how do we do it here? You know what? I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> I changed my, my name, um, to Courtney Robertson Preciado. So like I still use Robertson for real estate and obviously for the podcast. So technically I am both. <laughs> okay. What does your driver's license say? It says Courtney Robertson Preciado. Okay. So it does have all three with the hyphen. Yeah. So I lost <laughs> my middle name. Um, and, uh, but it's tricky. Like I need to do my TSA and I'm like still traveling with my old license. It's just a oh, lot gosh. when you change your name, I need to get a new passport. Oh man. Yeah. That's a lot. Of yeah. Stuff. So a lot of stuff, you know, what's crazy is I was looking back and I told you this off air You've not been on the podcast since last September, which is mind-boggling to me because I literally thought you were on last month, and you weren't. You haven't been on since September of 2022, but I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we talk a lot, whether it's on voice message and voice text or the fact that I saw you at my party or the fact that I was on your podcast uh, recently as well. I, I It just is so weird to me to think you haven't been on in 10 months. Well, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, no, I know. And you were, thanks for coming on mine. You were, that episode, I think was the best episode, the most downloaded. And, but you're right. It was a long chat. So, and we talk often. So it's like, wait, I feel like I just talked to, just did it last month. I know it's, it's, it's bizarre. And like I said, but we when, were together last month in Vegas, which was such a blast. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that coming up, but I do want to start off with your podcast. You have a rebranding of your podcast. It was called Off Contract. Now it's called After Reality. You just started it back up. It b- drops every Wednesday. You had Sean Booth a couple weeks ago. Yesterday your episode dropped, and it was with Nate Mitchell. Tell us a little bit about the rebranding, what caused it, or why you, know, why you decided to re- rebrand. And if you want to tease upcoming guests, by all means, go ahead and do that. Oh, absolutely. So I took a little spring break and my first season off contract, it did well. It was a, definitely a learning curve for me. You know, it's learning a new skill set. I've been on a lot of podcasts, but, you know, to be on the other side of it, um, it's been fun to learn the little ins and outs. But so off contract was I felt like was very off putting to c- contestants wanting to come on. You know, I think people are very scared of, you know, being sued. <laughs> and um and, and that was more about like, I'm going to be spilling all the tea, which I am. I am still doing that in after reality, but it's also going to be geared towards, you know, uh, parenthood and that kind of stuff. So there's still going to be a lot of juicy tidbits and tea spilling, but I think off contract, you know, I didn't want to oversell and under deliver spilling tea. Yeah. No, I mean, but, I understand it because a lot of times when, you know, look, I hear it all the time. If I have a guest on that isn't from Bachelor Nation or a guest that doesn't spill tea, people are like, oh, there's nothing good in the podcast. It's like, really? If, right. Is that all you're listening for? Because I'm sorry, probably 95% of the interviews that I'm going to do is not going to be some like, oh, spill everything that you know. It's it's more about getting to know your guest that you didn't get to see on an, an edited television show. Like when I have somebody on from you know, that lasted two or three episodes that you're like, okay, we barely know this person, but then they have a really good story. I mean, I can list probably five to 10 off the top of my head that have been on my podcast that didn't last long on the show, but are really interesting people that have really good stories to tell. And if all you're listening for is tea, that just sucks. Exactly. And it felt like, you know, I just, I didn't want to, you know, you never want to piss off big brother. And I'm, you know, I have a good relationship with Warner Brothers and ABC, you know, they have me back to post a group date. And, you know, I'm actually working with them to get guests approved. So I just wanted everybody to feel comfortable. And, you know, I'm not a bully kind of interview or like some people we know in the nation. So it's just a fun, lighthearted show talking about what life is like after reality TV. It's a little bit more on brand for where I'm at in life. Um, and I am still affected by being on the show. So, but also talking about the reality of parenthood and there's tons of people in the nation and I've got some celebrities coming on that are also parents uh, and also fans of the show. So we'll be doing some recapping and it's just it's just meant to be a good time. So you had Sean on a couple of weeks ago, Sean Booth, former uh, fiance to Caitlin Bristow. And they've kind of had a back and forth in the media. And it's and it is kind of weird because they're in a difficult position. They both have podcasts. Sean just started a podcast. Caitlin's has had hers forever. But when two people like that who were together for three years and engaged mm-hmm. and living together and then they both have a podcast. The second one of them mentions the other one's name, it becomes news. Like people want to know, oh, did Caitlyn shade him? Oh, did Sean shade Caitlyn? And it's, it's got to be a tough position to be in. I know that he did talk about her 
um, on like a, a very recent podcast that he did that made, you know, headlines at Us Weekly about him talking about how he felt like it was she moved on too quickly to Jason and all this stuff. And it, it's it's tough. I understand that people want to hear what he has to say about Caitlin because neither of them have really given a full like dissertation on exactly everything that went down, which is what all the fans want to know. Again, we want they want to know all the tea. When you spoke to Sean and you interviewed him, what's the sense that you got from him? Is he bitter? Has he moved on? Is is there a little of both? Where do you think he's at? You know, he I think he's been very high road, like I said in the podcast about the breakup. You know, he just started in the booth. And, you know, <laughs> I think that it's a fine line for him about, you know, that's how people know him, The Bachelor. And we talked a little bit offline about the end of the relationship and stuff like that. And I'm sure over time he'll probably share more of that. But, again, I just think there's two sides to every story. And he hasn't really shared his side of the story very much. Um, and as much as, like, he's like, gosh, I just – this thing just follows me. It's like you said, the clickbait and everything. And I, I get that. Like I still get asked about Ben and I just told Sean, I said, Hey, for better or for worse, for the rest of your life, you guys are going to be tied together. Um, and that doesn't really go away unless you guys get together and you come up with some sort of agreement. But in my opinion, she's been kind of spilling tea here and there about him and taking little digs for years. So it's nice that he has the platform now and, like I said, there's two sides for sure to every story. And, uh, you know, I just kind of got the impression that, uh, you know, maybe the, the Jason thing was going on sooner than, um, than people knew, than America knew. Yeah, and that's basically what he said in that one podcast was like, look, I knew about it before because she accidentally sent a text to me that was clearly meant for him. So I think us reading that and listening to him saying that pretty much – you know, it was probably something, you know, along the lines of sexting or very flirty for him to say that, like, hey, I knew it was happening before everyone else did because I received a text. But he also has to understand that, yeah, Caitlin is probably the most successful podcaster in Bachelor Nation. And she's, let's face it, infinitely more popular than he is. So anytime she does say something about him, it's going to get back to him. And his stance seems to be, Look, Caitlin, I understand that we were engaged for three years and we lived together, but every time you bring up my name, people are running to me asking me to respond. And then when he responds, the problem is because he's way less popular than her, her army just, you know, criticizes him and why are you talking about her or whatever. So, yeah, he's he's really never going to win unless he literally says, I am never bringing her name up again. But like you said, he's got his side of the story. It's just that her army probably doesn't want to hear it because they don't think that she can do anything wrong. And not like, a, and I'm not saying that Caitlin, you know, did something major wrong in their relationship. I don't even know. I'm just saying when Sean Booth says something about their relationship, Caitlin truthers aren't going to want to hear it. If it's anything negative towards Caitlin, just like Sean truthers aren't going to want to hear anything that maybe Caitlin has to say about Sean. So it's just a weird, weird position to be in, but you gave him the right advice. Like, look, you guys are tied together forever, whether you like it or not. Oh, it's, and I, and I feel that way for everybody and everybody that goes through it and like the people that get engaged and, you know, like for example, I was on the group date with Lotto on Zach's season and 
they send you the screener. I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, of course they chose a skinny dipping scene for my little intro. And I shot Ben a message and I just said, hey, I know he's a new girlfriend. I'm like, hey, I just want to give you a heads up that they're showing the skinny dipping scene. And I think he appreciated that just because for forever we're going to be connected. I swear, like people still ask me how he's doing. And I'm like, I haven't been with him in over 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is unbelievable to think because that's right. It, what you guys filmed in you filmed in 2010 and it aired in 11 or you filmed in uh you filmed in it, i think 11 2011 yeah i believe if i if my math is mathing yeah i think it was 2011 <laughs> is when you filmed yes that's right because that's when i got sued oh, yeah that's right february uh, december <laughs> december of 2011 is when i got my first lawsuit by them yes that's right correct and it aired in 2012 got it um but he said really, I want, going back to Sean, he said some really nice things about Caitlin. And I don't think he's trying to, like, he did say that her, you know, cult following did come after him. And uh, it, it just, it makes him feel icky, which I get. And I could have handled our breakup, you know, better. You know, I wrote a book about it. And <laughs> looking back, like, I do wish, you know, had I not moved on with Ari so quickly, I don't think that our relationship would have the bridge wouldn't have burned down to the ground as bad as it did. But and that's what I said to him. I go, why don't you get with her and, you know, you guys come up with what feels good to you. So that was my advice to him. But I just, I think that that more will eventually come out. Maybe he'll, he said he's going to kind of sprinkle things in his show. It's definitely a good listen. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, obviously one of the big things about his season as well was his just disdain uh, for Nick. And that was a major storyline between the two of them that they didn't like each other. I don't think they've probably ever spoken since then, became friends since then. Then again, who would want to with that guy? Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> did he talk about that whole relationship with you? So I asked him about it. I said, Hey, like, you know, you had this narrative playing with Nick Vial. Like, was there something that like the viewers weren't seeing? And I thought it was really interesting. He said that, you know, when they weren't filming that producers were gassing him up like, Hey, this guy, nobody likes him. Nobody's ever stood up to him. Like basically like you need to be the guy that like protects your girl. And you know, he's like, we'd be sitting in the airports and producers would be like talking like, Oh, we don't like that guy and you need to go after him. So obviously you don't see that stuff. And he's like, I just kind of fell for it, you know? And he said that they're fine that they've seen each other since then. And I think I just heard a rumor that they both might be going off to film Traders together. Oh, both of Did them? Did you hear that? Did what? you hear? I heard that it's Sean Booth, Nick Vial, and I think somebody else. I can't remember who, but I thought that that would be epic. And he did say, I asked him if he'd do reality TV, and he did say a, comp a competition show for sure. Nothing about love. Well, I know Nick just filmed Special Forces. So maybe that was uh, if he does special forces and traders. I mean, geez, now Nick. Oh wait, gonna... I'm sorry, Steve. Well, yeah, that, I'm sorry. There's so many shows I can't keep them straight. Special forces. I I heard that maybe Sean Booth did that too. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I know Nick did for sure because he was away from his podcast for two weeks and basically made it known and shaved his head. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that he... would be fun. That would be a fun watch. But he was like, "Hey, look, I'm cool. Look at I like you know, like there's no beef there whatsoever." And they kind of do that on, on the show. They do gas you up. And, you know, here's the thing. And I don't think people realize this. Like, if it what it didn't happen on camera, it didn't happen. And the viewers didn't see it. So, like, I could have had a fight with Emily off camera. 
but it they'll it, it didn't happen in the producer's eyes. Yeah. No, it's it's totally I mean that's there's so many things that do happen off camera that never get shown that kind of cause relationships to either grow or crumble on this show. It's just a lot of people, some people will take it to social media now, but back then there was no social media to go off of. There wasn't, there was Twitter was just kind of in its infancy when your season was airing. There definitely wasn't Instagram. So a lot maybe just got swept under the rug, but you know, it is what it is. Now you also, like I said, we talked about your podcast yesterday. You dropped an episode with, with Nate Mitchell, who was on Gabby and Rachel season. He was being considered for The Bachelor. Um, Jason Mesnick kind of outed the fact that uh, Nate was supposed to be The Bachelor and Jason was going to be brought in to talk to him because he's a single father and the only single father who has been The Bachelor. And then it seemed like it got pulled from Nate at the last minute. They went with Zach. What is your impression of Nate? How did you think the uh, interview went with him? Nate was awesome. So I met him at the After the Final Rose for Zach, and he was there to support him. They're really close. And, you know, interesting spin on that, too, is, like, they were going after different girls. So, and we talked about that. Like, the dynamic in their friendship was totally different than, like, any other season, right? Um, Because they had two leads. So, yeah, I asked him about that, and he did say he was in talks to uh, be The Bachelor. And he said that they didn't go very far. Um, and he's like, man, I've, of course, if I could have found my Katie, I would have loved to to do that. Like, Zach is so happy. And, you know, I asked him, like, do you think you could have handled 25 women? And he was kind of stumped when I asked him that. But I met him in person. He is a very magnetic person. And you can just tell he's got a good head on his shoulders. But I think the thing for him is his daughter. Um, and that was a huge, I think, a huge thing for him. And the same with uh, Paradise. You know, he's like, I, the end of Paradise, you're meant to get engaged. And, you know, I'm not, I can't get engaged to somebody without them meeting my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny now because you are a, a mother of two. Clearly, when you were on the show, you didn't have kids. And I'm not saying people that have kids can't go on the show. But now that you have kids... Could you imagine leaving to go on a reality show for a month? And I'm not judging the people that do. I'm just saying for you, how weird would it be for you to leave your family for a month? And if you got to the end of a season, you know, seven, eight weeks, could you even think of that? You know what? I, I talked to my husband about this just the other day and, and Nate Mitchell, it, it seemed very apparent to me that like he didn't want to leave his daughter for that long, especially after having been gone just, you know, doing Gabby's season, that was very top of mind for him. But I told my husband, I was like, when I, we just left for two days and we don't leave the kids for that long, maybe two day trips. Like when we went to Vegas to, to your party, um, I miss them like crazy. It's like, you feel like a limb is missing for me personally. Um, and also like the weight that it puts on the other parents, obviously Nate's not with his, um, his daughter's mom, but you know, Umberto's like, I could handle it. But like, if I got offered to do a reality show or one of these competition shows, it would be really hard to decide whether or not to do it. I would think a lot would come down to how long is this going to take me? Like maybe if it was a Absolutely. couple of weeks, you can maybe pull that off. But if you got asked to do like big brother and you had to spend your whole summer in a house, possibly 
you'd be like, I can't do that. I can't. Oh, no, no I couldn't do that. I really couldn't. And, you know, my son's starting school, so it would be different. It's like he was, okay, he's going to be going to school every day. You know, like I, I saw that Alon's doing the, the goat show, and I was like, oh, my wheels kind of span up a little bit. I was like, ooh, something like that would be fun. And I think it's only two weeks of filming. Like that's something that I would probably entertain. But to go off and film like The Bachelorette, in my mind, I just don't think I could. I could do it. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I. I mean, we can talk about the Vegas weekend uh, last month when oh. you and Umberto came to the party. I even remember you guys were like, "This is." I believe it was one of the first trips, if not the first trip, you had taken without your kids. Right? That was the first time you'd been away from them since they've been born, hadn't you? We had only done 24 hour trips. So, and which by the way, like that's sometimes not enough, like our 24 hour staycation. So yeah, coming to Vegas, that was our first 48 hour trip and it was glorious. Oh my gosh, Steve, those chicken tenders (laughs) and the cabana. Can we just talk about the Venetian real quick? I mean, from start to finish, the whole trip was just like a treat for us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know that you said you guys don't get away very often, and especially first forty-eight hour trip. But yeah, I mean, not to not to sit here and uh, you know plug the Venetians bar food, but I'm telling you, everybody that has eaten those at the pool, and I think it's, I because you can order food while you're at the pool. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the cabana. I think the people at the pool get the same exact food, same exact menu. However, everybody that I've had in the cabana, my friends, when I go out with my guys uh, in two months for football weekend, getting the same cabana, probably going to have the same waitress, Alina. She said she was going to, she said, remember we were talking to her and she said she's going to be oh, there in two she months. she was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. She's like five stars. She, um, you know, she was our, she was my, um, she remembered me. I was shocked that she remembered me from the year before, but um, looks like she's going to be our waitress again. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but those are literally the best chicken tenders I've ever tasted anywhere. And I eat chicken tenders at a lot of restaurants. And I I, I can't I can't stress enough if you are staying at the Venetian and you want to go to the pool, order their chicken tenders. They are so good. They are oh like, my gosh. And you've told me that and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I'm not a big chicken tender fan. Holy mackerel. I was blown away. I thought you were just like, just saying that in there. I have pictures of them. I probably have about 10 pictures of these chicken tenders. (laughs) I look at that. I look at it sometimes. (laughs) That was, I mean, it's just, I don't know what it is. I I think, I honestly don't know the answer. The chicken just tastes so, it doesn't taste like they just eat it. It's all white meat. Yeah. it's, It's like, it's not like they just threw it in a, you know, a fryer and heat it and, you know, put it in a greaser and, and heated it up. It just, I don't know. The, the the chicken is so white, tender, juicy, and then even the 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 fried part on the outside has a little bit of a, a spice or a kick to it. I mean, just and they're large. They're and they're not huge. Like, not yeah. like they're not like McDonald's chicken yeah. nuggets. They're like big pieces of chicken tenders. It's beautiful. I I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I'm gonna go back just for the tenders. <laughs> Well, obviously, you guys are invited, and I, and I know you're planning on coming next year. Hopefully, we can do it again. Oh, we would love to. We really had a great time and meeting everybody and uh, that came to your party. Everybody was lovely. It was a parents' night out for us, and Umberto drinks out of the cup from the Venetian. We, you, you guys got those uh, 
whatever the, oh, the souvenir, souvenir cup. cup yeah he drinks out of it he drinks water out of that every day it cracks me up remember remember we were struggling with the uh that because he had the uh we both him and i both had the frozen margarita out of the souvenir cup and then we got to the Which point was where massive like, yeah we got to the point where we couldn't <laughs> suck out of the straw because we're like wait a second nothing's coming out of this thing and then remember didn't, didn't you fix it or did he fix it I fixed it. I was like, you guys, it's frozen. I'm like, let's take this apart. Let's get this, let's get this party started. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He, and so he ended up taking the uh, souvenir cup home. That's why oh, he uses it. Uh, yeah. He uses it every day. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice reminder. And then that, that night you went and saw Jim Jeffries. He was good. Yeah, he was good. We had to leave the cabana a little bit early. We took a power nap. Umberto woke me up. We had a dinner reservation and he's like, you got to get up. Dinner's in an hour. And I was like, where are the kids? Where am I? It was, I, I, you know, I can't hang like I used to, but yeah, Jim Jeffrey's show started at 10 o'clock and um, he's a big bachelor fan. I'm actually um, scheduled to have him on after reality this season to do a fun recap with me. So I had been in touch with his, um, his podcast producer and yeah, it was really cool. We got to go backstage uh, before he went on and, and meet him and his wife and then his two openers. And it was just a blast. It was like a kind of a cool moment for Umberto to be able to experience that too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's very, very funny. Um, his show was, if you get a chance to see it, I was like, cause we've watched his specials for years. I'm a massive fan, but it was like his new material. I think for his new, some of it was from his new Netflix um, episode, but it's, it's so good. You guys. Yeah. I actually ended up, um, he's going to be in Dallas uh, in November and I bought it for my dad for his birthday. He's, I bought him two tickets. So he's going with his buddy and oh, the two of them. Steve, you gotta go. Yeah. He, he asked me if I wanted to go because he said he's got one of his golfing buddies that, uh, it really is a fan of Jim. I said, no, dad, take your friend. I don't, you know, I've, I've seen all of Jim's standups on Netflix, so, um, I'm fine. And you know, this was his birthday present. It didn't need to be me, but, um, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna really enjoy that. I think it's in like November 17th or 18th or something like that. Um, you, uh, last weekend was your birthday weekend in, and you got, and you went to, you were in Southern California for that, right? Yeah, so we flew to Marina Del Rey. I love the Ritz-Carlton there. And yeah. my sister's um, brother-in-law were, is a chef for the Ritz. So we get a little family discount. So, um, yeah, everybody went. My friends all came. My sister, my mom, uh, my dad, sorry, my dad and my new stepmom. And uh, Dave Neal came. You know, I met Dave at your party. And uh, we ended up doing a, a Driving with Dave episode, which... Ooh, I hope it turns out good. It was on my actual birthday and you know, we'd been by the pool all day. I'd lost my voice, but it, it was a blast. Just it's not, it's going to be 117 here this week, Steve. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's like, so, not even. Yeah. Real. how do you live in that? I mean, you obviously, uh, it's a heat that every day is like heat advisory, excessive heat warning. And I mean, you just stay inside, but the hard part is with the kids because there's only so much you could do with them. Um, and the days are long, but so being in Marina Del Rey, which I used to live there was just for two days. I was cold. I was actually cold. <laughs> I can imagine. Cause sometimes in the morning, you know, that cloud cover doesn't clear until noon or one o'clock and it's just overcast all morning. And then it's not 117 degrees when, when you have the kids at 117 degrees and you said, look, you can only do so much inside when they go outside. Do they ever be like, Mom, it's it's too hot out here. Can we go back in or do they not does it not affect them? They don't really get it. 
I mean, my son is like very pale and he turns into like a little tomato face. He just gets red so quick. They want to go outside. They want to go outside. And then I'm like, you guys, it's just too hot. So we'll take him out to the splash pad like early in the morning or when the sun goes down a little bit. And if the water's going, it's okay. But I mean, we can only really be out there for less than an hour probably. Yeah. Do you see yourself, do you see you guys moving uh, from the Arizona area and maybe going back to LA at some point or no? We talk about it a lot. We do. He's, we sometimes look at houses like in Huntington beach or uh, Costa Mesa. We love orange County. His sister lives in Anaheim, mm. but we have such a good deal with our house. And you know, it's really only the three months out of the year. That's brutal. The rest of the year is gorgeous. So um, maybe, maybe we will at some point, it's something that we would like to work towards. My husband can take the California bar and, uh, but it would be just a higher overhead for us, you know, it's California prices. Ooh. Yeah. No kidding. And what you get for your dollar out there isn't even close to what you get in other places. So it's not only just that it's expensive, it's not like you're getting a lot of real estate there either, you know, and, exactly. you, and you being, and you being a realtor and still being in the uh, the realty business, you know, damn well, like, I mean, I don't even know what it is dollar amount per square footage out there, but it's got to be, uh, it's not even close to uh, a dollar per square foot. It's probably two to $3 a square foot out in, in California, if not more, it depends on what area you're in, but it's probably like a thousand dollars a square foot. <laughs> if I had to guess, I mean, here things are going to like 350 to 400 a square foot. And I mean, the prices here are crazy with interest rates. And luckily, I still have my, I keep my uh, California real estate license active. So if we do need to go back, um, but you know, I think about my kids and I'm like, God, I would love for them to be able to grow up in California. Like, so my dad might end up out there. My uncles all live in Newport Beach. So I'm still playing the lottery too. So you never know. (laughs) I mean, I can vouch for it. It's where I grew up. I loved living in Orange County. I loved growing up in Southern California. And I was in North Orange County, so I was a little bit north of Huntington Beach. I was in the in the Seal Beach, uh, Los Alamitos area, which is basically on the border of. It's basically where the four hundred five and six hundred five meet. I was on the I was in Los Alamitos, but literally one light over would have been technically would have been considered Long Beach. But um, I loved it. I mean, that's. It's such a great area, and I feel like that's like very down to earth, and that's what I love about Orange County. L.A., no, I don't see me ever moving no. back there, just the traffic, and I, I was there I, when I was modeling. That place served a purpose for me. I do miss the celebrity of it or like just the events. Like There was always something fun to go to. But I did, I did that, you know, I, now I've got two kids and I think that even if I lived there, it would be so few and far between. But what about you? I, I mean, do you think you would ever... Uh, I mean, it gets pretty hot in Texas, right? Yeah, we were, we've were we been in a heat wave. It's been over 100 basically for two weeks in a row now. But again, I'm used to it because I've been here now. Uh, this month is 17 years that I've been in Texas. So I'm just so used to it now. It doesn't affect me at all. Plus, I work from home. So I'm never really out all that much. And so the weather out here and the heat never really affects me all that much. But, you know, even in Southern California, when I was living out there and living in Orange County and growing up out there, it's just it is it is a really cool place, but I also lived there and grew up out there in the eighties and nineties. It's you know, it's thirty times. thirty years ago. So obviously prices were way different. And when you ask me would I ever go back, 
it just doesn't make any financial sense for me to move back to Southern California. I just don't want to live there, even though all my close friends live there. Um, but, you know, I see them on our Vegas trip every September. I'm going back at the end of this month to California for my 30-year high school reunion, so I'm going to see my friends oh. then. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, – I, I have – I have no problem visiting. It'll always be home to me, uh, but I just don't see myself moving back there. There's no reason to. I would, I'd be taking a step back financially um, if I did. That's kind of how we feel too, because yeah. we look and then we're like, oh, that's yeah, this isn't really that doable. We would have to work our asses off, and uh, not to say that we don't here. It's just, it's just a quality of life here, and our family's all here, so we get help with the kids, and oh man, but. Like two summers ago, our air conditioners went out. Both of them, we have two, went out on the same day. <laughs> oh God, that's the worst. I mean, I have, oh, I have it out here where right now my air conditioning is not really because of the demand of all the houses here pumping up their AC in the summer. It's not. If I were to set my house to sixty-seven, which is sometimes what I like to put it at in the summer, it won't get to it. It can only go as far as like sixty-nine, and it won't um, because of the demand. It's just not meeting it. So. It's almost like the uh, it's almost like the room at uh, Mandalay the Ooh. night of my party where I was sweating like crazy. No wonder you were sweating. You're used to keeping your house at a it's in the sixties. Yeah. My husband would kill me. We have the um, thermostat wars going on now because it just got hot. I crank it down and then he turns it up and I'm like I, I keep it at like seventy five. What? Oh, shit. I Is could, that high? I could never live in seventy five. No way. Not in That's the summer. Why you wrap, your body's conditioned to it. Well, yeah. and you, but here's the thing, Steve. Yeah, it was that room was hot, but like you were working the room, you were talking to everybody, like so. Yeah, it know, was just. It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Ninety people crammed in a room. I mean, it's a good sized room, but with ninety people, it was, it was definitely crowded. I've showed you the video of the room. I'm hoping to get next year. Which <gasps> oh is my gosh! Literally, I like, was blown away. It's like. That's not a room. I mean, that's a massive suite. Yeah, no, it's it's like a it's almost like a house in a in a inside a hotel. I mean, it's that crazy big, and uh, hopefully, um, I can get that one next year. They they don't book it until six months out, so they told me to check back in like November or December. So it'll be Set your calendar yeah, alert. <laughs> it'll definitely be available if I call like the first day of availability six months out. But it's just a matter of what kind of deal I can get on that, if I can get some sort of sponsorship for next year's party where they can cover it. I mean, that's the stuff I'm working on. But um, it's definitely not going to be back at Mandalay. I just every year I do the same thing. I have it at, in that room at Mandalay. I'm sweating like crazy. And then the weekend is over and I go, yeah, you know what? It was fine. I could do it again next year. And then the same thing happens. And I just never learn. It's like putting your hand on the stove and burning it and just never learning your lesson. Uh, so it's definitely not going to be at Mandalay next year. Um I want to get it in that room at Venetian, so we'll see. I'm working on it as we speak. Um, you mentioned earlier, just real quick, again, you're going to be on Driving with Dave. Uh, Dave just texted me as we were recording this and said yours is going to air next Friday. So I think, oh, great. I think he, I think he teases it on Friday with the clip, and then he puts it out on his YouTube on Saturday. So Saturday, next Saturday is when your clip will air, which will. Uh, which will be fun. I, I was the first one to do driving with Dave. And now it's like a weekly thing. Like I thought he would, when he told me about it and when I did it, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do these on occasion. Now it seems like he's got so many guests. He's got backlogged guests and now he can run one 
every week, which I think is a really, uh, which is a really cool um, kind of get to know you vibe as opposed to, I don't know, doing it over the phone like we're doing it now, driving in a car with somebody and just kind of chit chatting. Um, really cool. Oh, really yeah. cool thing. It's like very, very cool concept. He's got it down to a science. And I think, you know, I told you I've been dealing with it's hard to get guests and they flake. And like he said, you know, if I'm pulling up and I'm going to get you, it's kind of hard to say no. And he's, he's a fun one to hang out with. He's, he was just very light and fun. Like I said, felt by my voice was a little shot and it was, you know, my birthday is, it was my 40th birthday. So <laughs> <laughs> I was celebrating. So I probably shared a lot of tea with him. Um, we kind of covered a lot of stuff. So I hope people like listening to that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly going to watch that one. I, I've watched every single one that he's done. You got to ride in the new Tesla with him, didn't you? Or was he still in his old yes, car? Yes, okay, he so has got... a Tesla, and he pulls up. He's got a mic. He's like, put this on. And yeah. uh, we just drove around Marina Del Rey and just kind of shot the breeze. And then he came to the party with his wife was there. She's she's awesome, too. But, yeah, that's a cool little kind of setup he got there. I, I listened to one that you did with him. I loved it. Yeah, I got the old car. Damn it, I was I didn't get to ride in the Tesla. He hadn't he hadn't purchased the Tesla yet, but uh, yeah, that is I, a slick it, car. I felt bad. I brought drinks in there. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't spill in this new Tesla. Please don't spill. Yeah, I've been in one before, and it's just it's almost like it's not even a car. It looks like it's like a mini spaceship with, and it's just it's so weird because you've been in it. There's, you know, you've been in any other car. There's like, there's gadgets. There's the steering. There's the the there's the um, the gear shift. There's all these knobs and buttons on the on the on the dashboard. Like you are in a Tesla and it looks empty. There's just a steering wheel, a gas pedal, a brake, and a giant screen. And that's basically it. That's all there is. And you're like, wait a second, how does this thing work? And then you're just on the road, and it's the smoothest ride in the world. It's got like seven. These cars have like 17 camera sensors on them. So you could technically not have your foot anywhere near the brake and your car will automatically brake for you. Even if the person in front of you stops like on an instant, your car would pick it up. If you happen to not even have your foot near the brake, it would stop it for you. Like it's incredible. Uh, those are things are ridiculous. But And they're zippy too. They've oh. got a lot of get up and go. I was like, Oh my gosh. And like, we're driving around the beach cities and like, there's people, all these people walking, you know, and like through the canals and all these young girls staring at their phones. I was like, Oh my gosh, look alive. Like, <laughs> he's a good driver he's yeah. good at multitasking well the the whole thing is uh, and people talk about it all the time like oh this car can go zero to 60 in three seconds i'm like well when do you ever really need to do that and you don't really you don't have to go through right. zero. but i was in it and i said i want to hear i want to see this does is this really go zero to 60 and i got on an on-ramp <laughs> with the guy who had the tesla and he stepped on the gas and i I'm not kidding you. First off, you feel like the G-force. You actually feel like, oh, shit. And it's almost like this pressure <laughs> against you. But it literally can go that fast, that quick. And you're just like, wow. And you're just, it's just a weird, weird feeling. It's its almost like a, um, a souped-up golf cart. It's like stepping on the gas on a golf cart, but getting up to 60 in three seconds as opposed to, you know, 10 miles an hour that a golf cart goes. Crazy. Oh yeah, you're rocketed. I took a uh, Uber to the airport once, and it was a Tesla, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I I felt like I was like holding on for dear life. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this must be the most successful Uber driver in Phoenix," because <laughs> I think we got there in like five minutes. <laughs> well, we're almost forty minutes into the podcast. We haven't even touched charity season of the Bachelorette. 
Um, darn it. So, no, <laughs> no, it's on purpose because, honestly, I don't think there's a hell of a lot to talk about. But, but actually, before we get to her season, something that you were involved in when you were um, on the show, and I wanted, I wanted you kind of to speak to it because something came up last weekend with Charity and posting a picture from where she was in New York City and then 24 hours later, one of her guys that makes it to the end also posted from the same location. I'm just like... Something's not uh, something's not working here, and if you don't know the spoilers, I'm sorry at this point. But basically, her and Dotton posted from the same location within 24 hours of each other, so people seem to think that uh, you know she chose him. And I haven't gotten it confirmed yet. It's certainly leaning towards that way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if mm. she did, ba- especially based on last night's episode where he's the only guy that go back got to go back to her room during a, a group date after party, like she had that arranged. You're not doing that for somebody that you don't give, you know, that's just like, oh, you're going home next episode. Like the fact that she took Dotton back to her room and was in tears uh, because of the things that he said to her, he's clearly a front runner. We know he at least gets to final three, but um, he probably wins. My point being, this whole like concept of happy couple weekends, I think people kind of don't understand how they work explain when you were with ben and the show even before the show was airing because you finished filming right around thanksgiving but the show doesn't start airing till january so how many but then you guys were a little bit different because you had a breakup there for (laughs) for a little bit where you literally didn't even talk or see each other but when you were seeing each other and doing your happy couple visits that is arranged by the show how exactly does it work Oh yeah. So you can, I think we had three. I think they said, okay, you can do three. And they're like, you can go anywhere you want to go. Obviously he had a pretty crazy press uh, circuit though. So that really affected where we want to go. But I, for me, I was like, why don't we go to Hawaii for one? And, but here's the thing, if you go to Hawaii, you can't like really do anything. You're just sitting in a house in Hawaii and it's much farther to travel. Um, but so, and I think if you do something like that, then they take another one away from you because obviously it's more costly. So they have houses in, in West Hollywood, one in the hills as well that they use a lot of the time. And I went up to the Bay Area, but the way it would work is, you know, I would travel with a handler. Um, I, I traveled with Mansfield. If, I don't think he's still on the show anymore, but he later became a producer and he would travel with me. They would. He would come pick me up, and um, my name. I traveled under. I think it was under my name, but he called me something else. I always called me Kate and him William. And that's right. Because yeah, yeah, you guys were. Uh, that's right. You're. 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 Because every couple or every season has a name for the lead and his women, and you guys were Kate and William for the uh, Kate Middleton and Prince William, right? That was the. Yeah, yeah, that's what they would check us in the rooms under and. Yeah. Uh, so yeah like I just remember it being even like I couldn't have his name saved in my phone in case I was on an airplane and I was texting and somebody would see it so I remember I I just saved him under like a heart but yeah no we would travel together and uh, get to we'd get there separately and then we'd have like a huge we could stop at like so when I was in San Francisco we had a huge budget we could we just stopped at the Whole Foods and I I remember Ben saying like, hey, can you get me some good olive oil? Because at the end of it, he would take the stuff home with him, um, whatever we didn't use or eat. But I mean, we would just rack up this huge bill on food and just hole up. And yeah, we were in Montecito where, you know, Oprah Winfrey lives. That was probably one of our first ones. And it was it was great. And then 
I'm trying to think what else. Like, oh, we wanted to paint one day. So um, Mansfield went and got us some paint. And I mean, it does get a little boring because there's only so much you can do for three days alone. Yeah. And the thing, the main thing is when you say you went shopping or say when you said if you could have gone to Hawaii, it's not like you guys got on a plane together and flew to no. Hawaii. You would have to fly separately. Then he would fly separately. And you guys wouldn't even drive in the same car to whatever house you stayed in because if they had me take a train, they had me take they had me take a train from LA to Santa Barbara because they didn't want me seen at the airport. Oh wow, I didn't realize they had you take a train. Yeah, no, I took a train and um, and then where'd you and then from Santa Barbara to Montecito, just a car. Um, yes, yeah, I, somebody picked me up in a car and then took me there mm. and, but, but like, there was like a pool and I was always like, Oh, I want to go out and swim. And they were even very cautious about like, you know, if you're going to go in the hot tub, like try to go out at night or go out separately. Um, we weren't allowed to, you're not allowed to go out front. I mean, you are literally just like in the house. Uh, there's definitely, so that going back to what you're saying about charity and him being at the same restaurant or maybe different days. I do think it was probably like a wink, wink to each other, but I'm sure they got a big slap on the wrist because if you listen to my episode with Sean, um, you know, Caitlin famously spoiled her season yeah. with Snapchat and he, Sean said that they were like threatening to sue her like for $5 million. So what ended up happening with that? What, what they just decided, well, you know, we're not going to, it was we an accident. S- yeah. But what they, in terms of what the show ended up doing with Caitlin was just like, well, it's already happened. There's nothing we can do. We don't want to sue one of our leads. So they just kind of just said, well, it's happened. There's nothing we can do. Let's just don't do it again. I mean, is that what the slap on the wrist essentially they got? I think, well, they ended their happy couple right then and there and they had to leave. Sean said that they drove him to Vegas. I think they were in California because they didn't want him being seen at LAX and uh, they were furious with them. But like, my point is, is with like charity, like I don't, unless that's just like completely random I just can't imagine them even posting it. Like, so even if you're at the same place, but to post it, that does seem like a little bit telling, but I will point out that a lot of restaurants um, invite contestants to come eat for free. So it could have even been that sort of situation. And like, maybe they had to post about it because this restaurant's like giving them a free meal. I guess, but still you have workers at that restaurant that would have to serve them. And while those workers would probably have to sign an NDA, it's still, it just seems like you're just, you're just risking too much because somebody can see them. I just, I know the final couples are not allowed to see, be seen in public, like even on the happy couple weekends. It's not like you guys get to go, you know, walk the street holding hands or walk any, you're stuck inside of a house. And even if you do go in the backyard, We've seen a couple of the pictures, like when Ari ruined his season when he was with Becca. <laughs> um, we've seen the backyard. It's covered in trees, so people can't look over the the backyard fence to see who's possibly well, I in think there. That was like a that was a unsanctioned visit, and I remember him saying he wanted to kind of get to the bottom of how he was feeling about that situation. So I think he kind of snuck her to Arizona at some point, mm. um, which Ben and I did uh, for Thanksgiving. And we were very careful, but I remember he had his dog scotch with them and he's like, you can't, I was watching his dog cause he had his college reunion or sorry, high school reunion in Tucson. 
And he was like, Courtney, you can't walk him. Like I, you know, yeah. like you can't be seen walking my dog. And my sister was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. This is so weird. <laughs> oh, it's like CIA level stuff. How, what, how bad they want it not to get out. And look, I get it from the show's perspective, but it's also the reason why the whole picture gate from last weekend of charity and Dotton posting from the same restaurant within 24 hours of each other has people, you know, kind of just scratching their head about, well, what is this all about? Um, I just know that there's, I just, I can't see them being that dumb to go out in public. And this is New York City. It's not like they were in a small town and happened to go to a deli late at night and wore wigs. You know, this is New York City. Like, they just, I I, I find it hard to believe. But, you know, worse, I mean, I guess, it, it, is it possible? Sure. And uh, maybe we won't even get an answer. That's the thing. Like, once this season is over, are they ever even going to talk about it? I, I don't know. But I, I do remember that one. It was talked about after the fact, the fact that right after your season was done filming, like it was within like, what, a week or two from Switzerland, Ben happened to be in Arizona for his high school reunion and you guys had an unsanctioned meetup. It was pretty close to the end of filming, right? Like a week oh, we later? we had just gotten back. Okay. Yeah, we had just gotten back and... I think I'm still jet lagged even. And um, yeah, we, we did, we pulled it off. My dad picked him up from the airport and he like laid in the back of the seat in the back seat of his Tahoe. And my dad like drove into the garage, closed the garage, but like all the windows were closed up. My dad was so nervous that we were going to get caught and like busted by ABC. And we never told him. I mean, I know they were saying like, you guys, we know you're both there. Like, don't get together. And then after the fact, I think we told the lawn, like, Hey, we pulled it off. And he's like, why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah. and, and look, I mean, if you guys did it, it's not to say that other people can't pull it off. Cause other couples I know have had unsanctioned visits. I just don't, I mean, I can't sit here and be like, all right, well on this season, they had an unsanctioned visit at this point. It's like, we just know it happens sometimes. Maybe some are care more careless than others. You guys are clearly but not in New York City. You yeah. can't get away with anything. And but that's the thing. Even if they were doing that, they would be really um, idiotic to post at the same place. So I have to. If I would have to guess, I would say that restaurant was trying to offer free food or for you know publicity. I wonder if she was there doing press. Yeah. Well, she was definitely there because she was on uh, Ryan uh, uh, Kelly and Mark's show the kelly ripa and so so she we knew she was in new york because she was on tv there earlier in the week um so yeah i mean i don't you know look we'll find out soon enough it's it's really you don't want to just you know absolutely dissect something that you might never get an answer to um one other thing i wanted to talk about with you in regards to social media was the fact that you went on chris harrison's podcast recently and it brought up mm -hmm. a point that this is i think it's still a first in show history in 47 seasons you were the only person who you know quote unquote won the show or shit even finished in the final two that showed up at the tell-all of your season and your tell-all was pretty much a let's all go after courtney tell-all i mean you, oh the women tell-all yeah. yeah that was gnarly mm -hmm. but you one of the things that you brought up to chris on your podcast with him was there was there was something that went down during your, why don't you share the story? You told this to me at the party uh, back in June, but share what happened with the whole, uh, where you felt like maybe Chris kind of hung you out to dry at the women tell all. 
Oh yeah, I for sure did. So I was so nervous and I had all these producers coaching me. You can't say this. This is what you need to do. You need to go out there. You you need to cry. You need to throw yourself on the sword. And by the way, I did feel like crying. They weren't fake tears. But um, so, you know, the girls had been there longer than me and they had been, I've heard, I heard they were gassing them up on like tequila. I think it was probably like bachelor and pad tryouts for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, especially the people that left early on in our season. So they bring me out on stage. I walk out and the audience is booing me. The girls immediately start chirping at me, yelling at me, saying things to me. And I'm sitting there and they're like, okay, we're just ready to go. They bring Chris out and he sits down and he's like, I, I he immediately was like, they, they took him off the stage and I was like, what's going on? And then Alon came out and sat with me and he's like, oh, Chris is sick. He had to lay down. But in that time, like it was like an hour that they left me sitting there and the girls were all yelling at me. The audience was booing me. It was like very traumatic. And I finally said to him like, hey, bring me back to the trailer. Like this is this is crazy. So I, I just wanted to ask Chris because when he interviewed me, it was very non-emotional, like I didn't feel like I had any support from him, which, you know, normally he kind of carries the interview and it just was very flatline for me. So I was like, gosh, does he just not like me or what? So it was kind of nice. I wanted to ask Chris, like, were you really sick or was that like intentional to, you know, let me sit out there and get berated like that? What did he say? He said that it was the second time in the history of his career that he felt like he was going to pass out. And the walls were closing in on him and that I think he was like even throwing up and he felt like he was going to like roll, like pass out. And so Paulie, the guy that's worked there forever, had to carry him back to his trailer and he just laid there sick as a dog and hmm. they had to feed him lines to get him through the interview with me. And yeah. he said, he felt like he let me down. He's like, I'm so sorry. I did feel like I let you down. And like, he's like, I just wasn't there for you. <laughs> Well, it's crazy because when you filmed that Women Tell All, all the tabloid stuff had been out in regards to did Ben cheat on his final girl? Because, you know, we didn't, you know, the spoiler was out there, but still, the spoiler is just what people choose to believe. I knew you had been, I, I knew that you and Ben were the final couple because I told, I told the story on your podcast. So I traveled to New York to see the pictures of it. But, um, <laughs> I I, I, you know, it, but to the public and to the non spoiled public, they still didn't know who Ben had chosen. Was it going to be Lindsay or was it going to be you? But you're sitting up there and yet you can't even address any of that because you're sitting up there as just a contestant on the show, not the winner of the show, because this was still the women tell all episode. So we hadn't gotten to the finale. The finale was airing the, you know, the, the next week or two weeks later, based on when you film that women tell all. So yeah, that must've been so odd. I remember it being uncomfortable to watch as a viewer and I didn't even, you know, obviously know you at this point. I had been sued by them at this point, but I was going through a, a lawsuit of my own and I'm sitting there watching that episode. I'm like, I can't believe they brought out the the winner and the winner has never had to answer for themselves at the tell all show before you or after you. I mean, it's just it's just never happened. And the fact that they like what was their reasoning to you to bring you out there just because you were a polarizing figure that season? Like why did they make an exception to do that for you? And were you like really contemplating even not wanting to do it? 
I, at that point, really didn't want to do it. And I, I honestly, I didn't even want to go to after the final rows. And that's just not an option. Like you, you, you have to, right. Yeah. But then there's this thought in my mind, like, what if I just like went to Mexico or <laughs> <laughs> lay would have sued me for sure. You know, I mean, contractually, I wasn't obligated to do that. But at that point, like it was so bad in the media. And I really felt like I, it was an opportunity for me to share my side of the story, apologize to the girls, which was my intention. Ben and I weren't really talking at that point. And I remember I shot him a text message that was like, hey, I'm going to do the women tell all and just so you know, and I'm doing this for me. And then he reached out to me and said, can can you meet up with me afterwards? And then that was when he said, I really want to try to make this work with you. And I think in the back of my mind, I knew that that would be a step in the right direction if kind of trying to mend that relationship. So did you have to tell production, Hey, Ben just reached out. Can, can I go see him? Or did you do it? Was it another, after you were done with the filming of women tell all, did you just arrange your own way to go see Ben? So he had a place to stay cause he flew in for that. I was going to go back to my place in Santa Monica. And then he's like, can you come over to, um, to where I'm staying, which is where we had actually had a happy couple weekend. Mm. So I was very familiar with the house. It's close to where they tape. And yeah, so I went and I was like done. Like it was like for me, I was like, and I basically told him that I'm like, I'm done with you. Like there's no chance of reconciliation. Like I'm doing the women tell all for me and you can't stop me kind of a thing. And so then I go there and I'm like so upset. Like my just tears have been running down my eyes all night and then he walks in with this like huge bouquet of flowers and I'm like oh boy here we go here we go and he like brought he they had stopped at Whole Foods and I think he bought like swordfish and like he made me this like really nice dinner and nice wine and he kind of just like apologized to me and and was like I, I really want to give this a go <laughs> so it's funny you didn't even even though you guys were both at the women tell all taping clearly never saw each other never crossed paths they clearly kept you away from each other just in case anybody saw you guys together or whatever. But I mean, you weren't even talking at the time, but you were still in the same studio because he had to be there to, to talk to his women for the women tell all. And you were there to have your segment on the hot seat. It is pretty crazy how that all went down. Cause it's never happened before that. And it's never happened since then where the winner or even someone in the final two is at the tell all and actually appearing on the show. You know, you're a, and it wasn't a live tape. Thank you. And it wasn't a live taping. So yeah. looking back, like there were certain things that they were like, we don't want you to mention this. We don't want you to mention that. And even if I had, there were things I wanted to say, they would have just edited it out. Yeah. Um, but I do remember saying, uh, I want to get paid for this. <laughs> and, and they paid me $2,000 and they bought me a dress. Well, there you go. <laughs> at that point, I was like, okay, like, you know, at this point, you don't make any money. And I knew it was going to be kind of a big deal. So I got him to at least pay me two grand. <laughs> well, there you go. And then when was the whole, um, when was the whole paparazzi shoot of you, do, of you doing wedding dress shopping in relation to, was it that weekend that you were in LA for Women Tell All? So I lived in Santa Monica at the time, but oh, so what right. happened right. is we were like, okay, let's try to give this a go. We, I heard him out and we decided to be together. Like, okay, like, you know, this is, had been really rocky. And then a couple, I want to say a couple of days later, maybe even a week later, picture surfaced of him kissing um, a girl up in San Francisco. And 
I was just livid and he had been calling and things had been going really well. And he, I wasn't answering his calls. He's like, please call me, like, please call me back. I'm so sorry. I've been so naive. This is so stupid of me, blah, blah, blah. And, and I finally talked to him and I just said, I was actually going, I knew a designer. I was actually going to find, to try on dresses for after the final rose and that day. And I was so pissed at the whole situation. And I said, okay, you know what, after everything that's happened and my edit, and it kind of felt like, wow, now he's going to get a taste of what I've been going through. (laughs) Um, So I went to try on dresses and they had wedding dresses there. And I just, I, there was probably about 20 paparazzi following me. And I tried on wedding dresses just to kind of throw everybody off and kind of to help him out. Like yeah. kind of like, hey, these pictures are, you know, and I think it kind of did. I think it kind of threw people off. People didn't know what was going on. Well, you've been on the podcast five or six times. I know we've talked about this, but I think it was one of your early appearances, if not the first appearance. When Ben told you about that and the and the Us Weekly photos came out of him at a party, what seemingly looked like him either kissing a girl or very close to a girl what did what did he say when you had the talk with him? The first conversation you had with him after the Us Weekly picture surfaced, did he say he did, or did he say I didn't like, or that wasn't it me? Or what did he say? <laughs> yeah, it took a while because it was like a picture of him walking the dog, and it looks like his hands on her butt, and he denied kissing her, anything with her, and I'm like these pictures are pretty damning. I mean, you can go look them up. I'm sure they live on the internet somewhere. And, and he's like, we weren't really talking. And I'm like, but here's the thing. And I know he says we were kind of broken up. He was still contacting me. Like we were still contacting each other here and there. Um, and like, he was like checking in on me once in a while and just, you know, seeing how I was doing. But anyway, long story short, he, he, I finally got him to admit that she did sleep in his bed, but nothing happened. And, and I said to him, like, how would you feel if like I had a guy sleeping in my bed? Come on. Like, and, and he just felt really bad about the timing of it all. And like very naive that like, he didn't realize people were taking pictures of them, like that the paparazzi were even there. Okay. So as you're answering the question, I just Googled. You can, uh, yeah. Tell me what you think. Ben Flanick cheating Courtney. I just Googled that. And it has the Us Weekly story from March 12th, 2012. And the headline is, Bachelor Ben caught cheating, see the photos. But when you go to the story, every photo has just been replaced by an Us Weekly logo. So so those are gone from the Us Weekly story, but then they have all these links to other stories in here. And here's one that's... Video, Courtney flashes her boobs in Panama. What? No, that was from the Panama date. That's not true. <laughs> what? Courtney flashes her boobs in panel. Um But here's the real kicker. I have to touch on this before it leaves my brain. We were together. We were making it work. Everything was fine. We got over that. It was the end. And then we were doing long distance. And then another picture surface of him laying in a, a park in like the Bay Area. And what is it called? The marina. And there's this girl like like straddling his back, giving him a massage. Like, yeah. I'm okay. And, I'm looking at that one right now. Cause I, I found so that happened one. after yeah. that whole thing. And so then again, I'm like, what are you doing? Like I was furious. He's like, Oh, it's just one of my friends. And so <laughs> then I meet, I meet the girl and in, in person, you know, cause it's like, everyone's calling me and my parents are saying, I'm like, what's this about? You know? And then I meet the, he wants me to meet all his friends. Right. And so I meet the girl and you know, me, I'm like, Hey, can you, can you knock it off with the massages in the park? It's just not a good look. (laughs) 
Yeah, here it is. You're not a bachelor anymore. Engage Ben Flanick is straddled by Courtney Robertson lookalike in the park. And they both have like beanies on and he's sitting in a park mm-hmm. shirtless. And then the other picture is him on his stomach and she's on his butt, sitting on his butt and she's got his hands looking like, look like she's giving a massage. And and that was when we were full on together, like no, like after everything was said and done. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like you got to be smarter than this. Like, come on. Like, but it's also like, well, what are what are you doing? You yeah. know, <laughs> why was he even hanging out one on? I mean, he shouldn't even have been seen hanging out one on one with a with a woman, you know, let alone <laughs> what they were doing. Um but yeah, it looks so. Wow, it looks like the Us Weekly photos, the ones that surfaced, those are all gone. I don't see those anywhere if you Google them, unless I click on images here. And no, the only ones that are being shown are the ones in the park. Like if you do a Google images of Courtney Ben Ben Flanick cheating, it's just just a shit ton of pictures of you and Ben from when you were mm. together, and then. There's a couple of the pictures of the uh, the life and style photos of her straddling him, giving him a massage. But the ones that appeared in Us Weekly, I don't, I don't see them. Oh no, I found one. Uh, Here's one. Ben Flanick says he was butt patting, not butt grabbing, an alleged <laughs> cheating photo. It's like, okay, Ben, come on now. <laughs> I mean, talk about talk about semantics here. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, and that's what we talked about. Ended up talking about the whole time after the final rose. And I mean, I think that we filmed that. Like, I want to say it was like two days later um, after the final rose. Yeah. And at that point, I was still so pissed. I on the back of my mind, I honestly because he was like, "We're together. Like, we're gonna make this work." And in the back of my mind, I almost came out there and just said, "You know what? I can't do this. Like, keep the ring." Yeah, that might have been. That must have been tough for you. That really must have been just like. I don't know what to do because nobody was behind you guys. Obviously you were painted as the villain on your season and nobody was cheering for you. And you, you know, you want to be liked coming off this show, especially when you're the winner, you know, you want people to be like, Hey, I really like this couple together. And frankly, nobody liked you too. Like it was just, well, the thing was bad. people liked him, people liked him up until that happened. And that was, it was like, I was the bad guy. I was the bad guy the whole time. So when that happened, it was kind of somewhat of a relief for me. I I can imagine. I mean, this is I, it's just just googling this and looking at all the pictures from back then. I mean, it's just it's a ton of you and him. But there is that one picture. It's repeated a couple times. But yeah, he, he's literally got his hand on her ass, and their faces are together like they just kissed. Like it's it's really hard to believe said, this wasn't a kiss. It. He was like, "We didn't kiss." I'm like, "It's it's like it's like that dress. Remember, is the dress gold or blue? Yeah. I mean, it's." And he's like, I swear I didn't kiss her. And I'm like, "Mm." I'm like looking at this picture. I'm like asking my friends, what do you think? And they're all like shaking their heads. Like, I don't know. He hasn't stood by your side this whole time, Courtney. Like this might be your out. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, talk about it. Talk about a time in this franchise when things got uh, crazy. I mean, that was your season was obviously one of the more watched seasons. Um, uh, It was, it was very polarizing because, you know, maybe outside of Vienna, it was really the first time that the girl that was chosen was painted in a negative light all season long. And it was just as a viewer, it's just like weird to see because they never do that anymore. Uh, even if they had footage, I, I just don't think they would go that route. They want their final couple to be liked. You know, I just don't think that they would ever even attempt that, even if 
even if the the final girl was somebody that rubbed people the wrong way, I just don't think they'd show it. I don't know. Maybe it's different. I think I felt that way too. And I always joke that like, I know they have the footage to go back and they could like completely like reboot it and people would be floored because I know what all I said at my interviews, but there were other things in play, you know, the ratings were not so good and people were saying he was boring. And I remember Mike Sly saying like, you saved the season, like, you know, that you made the ratings good. You made it entertaining, but I also know that he had a, a, some beef with Ben. So, like, I don't think that there were any favors done for either of us because uh, Mike Fleiss told me at one point that, like, Ben, he went to shake his hand after things, the edit started going crazy. And he's like, he's the only person that's never sh- shook my hand. So then there were things going on that, like, it, it didn't get any better. Yeah. I put it that way. So it seems like I, it was almost a vendetta against Ben to be like, hey, let's paint his, let's paint his final girl as... Uh, yeah. you know, uh, this way, because I don't like this guy. Cause yeah, I've, I've heard the same story that Fleiss hated Ben. He did. Yeah. And like, but he loved me and which was so weird, you know? And, um, but gosh, I can't, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda looking back now. It's fun to talk. I'm loving talking to contestants coming off the show now and, you know, figuring out life after reality. That's something that's enjoyable about the podcast. And I feel like people are starting to say a lot more things that I think the fans would love to hear. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's really good because production plays such a huge role and it's, it's good to hear, you know, contestants kind of back up things that I've reported for years on this show. Cause it's one thing coming from me. Whereas while I, while I do have a track record of, of, you know, being accurate about this show, uh, when when you hear contestants literally parrot what you say and say, oh yeah, that definitely happens on the show, it just it just lends a little more, you know, credibility. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not, you know, clearly spoken to a lot of contestants post filming, and it's just like, yeah, there's so much that goes on that people just don't know, don't see, don't understand. I think everyone kind of gets the point that reality TV isn't necessarily real, but I don't know if they truly understand how not real it is. It, there's just so much that, unfortunately, they're never going to get. And they want to believe that what they're watching is a love story and that person's reaction was definitely a reaction to what they saw on TV when it was probably a reaction to something totally insignificant, but it was shown so you could paint that contestant in a certain light. You know, it's just nonstop. Well, I mean, even just as simple as, you know, can can I steal you? In my season, it was like that. It was orchestrated. Like, you, it would be like, okay, now's your time to go steal. And, and that was the only time you could get, like, you know, and I think that's, like, been a huge, I don't know that it's, like, a big issue anymore, but for the, the viewers to know that. Like, when you see someone go steal someone, it's because they've been prompted to do it, and people want time. Yeah, and everyone who watches it who doesn't know that says, how come the lead never says, no, go wait over there? It's like because they can't. They're not allowed to. They basically pretty much have to allow it to happen because they want the conflict of the two contestants. And, oh, so-and-so came and interrupted my time. I was only with him or her for a minute. And so-and-so came in, and what a bitch she is. And then it turns into, okay, now you're just pitting two women against each other. I mean, it's like this show talks about they don't want bullying and they don't want, it to, they don't want their – uh, the fan base, the toxic fan base to come after contestants when, let's face it, privately they love women on women hate because you wouldn't have a show otherwise. If everybody got along in the house, 
and everybody was prompted to like everybody in the house and compliment all the other women, the show would be kind of boring and people would be like, where's the drama? And then they get the drama and then they get the drama and it's like, oh, they're spending too much time on the drama. You know, it's like (laughs) you can't can't win. (laughs) Oh, well, it sounds like there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I'm actually going to have a producer friend of mine come on the podcast soon. And I'm going to see how much stuff I can get out Um, because I do feel like producers. I know Game of Roses, they just uh, did on their weekly episode, I guess. There's been some producers coming out spilling some tea. So interesting. yeah, you got to go listen to that. I can't wait to hear what they said. There's two producers that had came out and said things that they feel guilty about. And so over time, I just think more will come out. And, you know, I also don't like to blame the edit because I know I did say some very snarky things and I became a comedian in my interview rooms. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, you know, I don't think I was, my sister was like, it's not like you were killing puppies. I just said, you know, some kind of snarky things. So I, I don't like to blame the edit completely because I'm accountable for what I said, you know? Yeah. I mean, and there's just, as we know, there's levels of villainy on this show. When you, when you are a contestant on this show, like a Braden on charity season, I like Braden. I actually really <laughs> like him. He's just like this giddy little young bouncy. He's like <laughs> bouncing around like a puppy. Yeah. And when you did it, it was just, I mean, you and Olivia Caridi kind of had the same, type of edit to where you were just confident in you and the leads relationship. Now it might've been egged on by a producer saying, you know, how confident do you feel with Ben, you know, Ben and how confident do you feel with, well, you guys both were on a a Ben season, but Olivia, Olivia was basically just saying, I think she called herself Mrs. Higgins at one point. The problem is the second you say that the audience immediately takes you as you're cocky, you're arrogant, you know, and you're there to win. And it's just like, no, not really. You're just saying, you're just kind you're just of sometimes getting fun. gassed up. You're having fun and you're being gassed up by a producer. And in that moment, you don't really realize how it's coming across on TV because you're just saying how you feel in the moment. And Olivia was the same way. She said that numerous times. It's just like when you look at what Olivia did on her season, even though she was painted as a villain, all she did was basically just kind of just brag about her and Ben's connection. And she thought it was great, and uh, no, you know, I'm going to win the rose. No one else is going to win it. It's like, is that really that bad in the grand scheme of things? No, but on this show, for certain fan bases, yeah, that's that's coming across as you're there to win and not necessarily looking for a relationship, and it's just it's it's all silliness. That's why we make fun of it, you know. I know exactly, and I remember. I think it was Alon said to me, "Like Courtney, your personality, like it's it you, it doesn't translate to reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're really funny, but like when it's kind of chopped up a little bit, it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. It's like if you were sitting next to me, Steve, and we've been around each other a lot, like you, it would make sense to you, and you also know me. But when it's put on TV, it's it's different, and maybe taken out of context, it just doesn't land." But Olivia, poor thing, she got, like, bullied big time. I don't – I mean, the girls weren't, like, attacking my looks and all kinds of things like that. But that would have been an extra level of, like, insult. Like, why are you even airing that? Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, Olivia did get bullied uh, by some of the women and the comments that they made about her. But, yeah, you sitting in an ITM room talking about I Got the Rose, like, it got turned into a song at one point. It got <laughs> dubbed. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's just like, really, is that 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 makes you a villain because you're saying I got the rose? But yeah, to certain people, like Alon said, you know, to you, 
it just didn't it was translate funny. well. Yeah, it's it's funny, but to a certain faction of the audience, <laughs> it doesn't come across as funny. You know, it's just <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, <sighs> Courtney, so glad I was able to talk to you. I want to thank you again, you and Umberto, for coming out to the party. I'm so glad you did. Next year, we're gonna do it up even better. Um, oh, we would love to come back and hell, we might even come. I know it's your guys football thing, but he loved meeting you and we thank you for your hospitality. We just we needed that little break. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a fun time every year. And then when it's over, I'm like, I can't believe I got to wait 365 days to have this weekend again, because it was just it's so much fun. And just to get out there for four days myself for four days. I mean, even though you guys only got two days in, I felt like you did so much by, by attending the party, by going to Jim Jeffries, by the hours at the cabana that we spent. Um, so you got a lot done in, 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 in just two days. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I, you know, I almost wish sometimes I could throw two a year, uh, but I just, I, I don't think I can. Um, so we're looking to, we're looking at next June again, pretty much same time. It'll either be the first or second weekend in June, but definitely looking to go bigger next year, bigger crowd, bigger room, definitely getting the cabana again. So, um, well, if there's anything I can do to help, um, I am down. So yeah. it was a blast and I love meeting everybody. It was so nice. Um, so yeah, it's all good. Just keep me posted. And I definitely want to have you come back on soon. Um, too, on my podcast. Yeah, if no you problem. Will. Definitely. After reality, uh, the new episode is out. It, it, it dropped yesterday. It was with, with, uh, Nate Mitchell, yeah, ago. and he thought he spilled some good uh, some good tea. He's uh, actually off the market. So ah, okay. And um, two weeks ago it was Sean Booth, and like we said, next Friday or Saturday. I don't know when Dave posts the actual YouTube video, but you'll be on uh, Driving with Dave that was filmed uh, on your birthday on July fifth. So on my fortieth birthday. So <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> I spilled a lot of beans. <laughs> Look, looking forward to that, uh, Courtney. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, sounds good, Steve. Talk okay. to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much to Courtney for coming on. Um, I'm so glad we've been able to maintain a friendship over the years, and. I knew when she came to Vegas for the party last month, uh, it was going to be a really good time with her. First time I had met Umberto, her husband, great guy. Um, and they were really blown away by, by that cabana, uh, at the Venetian and those chicken tenders. And you, you think I'm in that you're like, Steve, stop fucking talking about chicken tenders. I'm telling you, you've never had chicken tenders like these before. If you ever stay at the Venetian, go to the pool and order the chicken tenders because they are top notch. You've never tasted anything like it. That's all I can say. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow an Apple podcast. Also rate and review if you can. That's very much appreciated. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with yet another daily roundup and sports daily. So for Courtney Robertson, I'm reality, Steve. Appreciate you all listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.